Hey Shalom, it's Izzy here with Holy Language Institute at holylanguage.com. I just finished filming our newest Mishnah snapshots lesson. Basically, uh, just looking at places in the Mishnah, which are some very old Jewish writings, uh, some of the earliest interpretations of the Torah and commentary on the Torah and whatnot. I'm looking at some places where the Mishnah helps us to understand the writings of the disciples of Yeshua of Nazareth in the New Testament better. I mean, it's really no surprise. You know, the Mishnah and the New Testament are two sets of writings that are both Jewish um, and that are written by Jews and that are come from the same Jewish, uh, Jewish era and Jewish world. I wanted to show you a really, really powerful example of this um, relating to us as uh, Yeshua's disciples being the bride. So this is in um, the second of the six orders of the Mishnah, and it's in the first tractate. It's tractate Shabbat. So basically, it's like all of these technical questions about uh, what you can do and can't do on Shabbat. And before you just think that's a bunch of legalism, you have to remember that that um, you know the, the Sabbath was actually uh, it was a law in ancient Israel. Like that's the way it was originally intended to be in the Torah. Kind of like how, you know, in early early America, Sunday was often, it was, a, it was a law. You know, your business is closed on Sunday by law. Um, you know, that's the way it was in ancient Israel. And so there are questions that come up about, okay, you know, at what point, uh, what's a violation of Shabbat? Because, you know, it actually is a criminal act. So, you know, it's a, it, it makes sense. But anyways, along the way, they, uh, they, use, a, they use a Hebrew word for um, preparing the bride or getting like the wedding celebration ready. And it's a very, very powerful word. And I, uh, I wanted to show this uh, this word to you um, specifically, and this is in so this is in tractate um, Shabbat, chapter twenty three, verse four. And uh, you can get you can get this this copy of the Mishnah off our website at holylanguage.com, off the recommended resources page. By the way, all right. So specifically, it says they may go to await nightfall at this Sabbath limit. Why? To arrange the affairs of a bride. That's the phrase I want to look at with you. To arrange the affairs of a bride. So let's look at that in Hebrew. Okay. So it says lefakeach. So the verb there is pakach, and here it's translated like to to arrange. But as, as we're going to see, it means so much more than that. It's a really, really packed word in a very profound way. All, so on, iske, so that's like the, um, the uh, like asak is like a word that has to do with the business of, you know, in this case, you know, the affairs of um, chala. So uh, and, uh, the chala is the bride. Now, actually, this is a very powerful word, too. I'm just going to mention this to you as a little takeaway from the takeaway, <clears throat> so to speak. So the Hebrew word for bride is kala, and um, it's from the verb kala, which literally means to complete. All right. Now that's very powerful in and of itself. It's related to the Hebrew word for all, which is kol. So in Hebrew, the word for bride is related to uh, the verb to complete and the word for all. This tells us something, I think, about like the, you know, like you, you, there's so much you can learn from this just by itself. Um, about, you know, like a marriage relationship and the role of the bride, um, not just on her wedding day, but, you know, as, as bride for life. And, um, and then also it definitely has some things to tell us about us as, um, as the bride of Messiah. But we're not going to get into that right now. That's just a little side note because this is a very packed word in and of itself. What I want to look at with you is this Hebrew word for preparing the bride, for, you know, helping her get ready for the wedding celebration. Now, as I mentioned, it's pakach. And uh, let's have a look at what this word actually means. So this is from Jastro's Dictionary of um, Hebrew. You can get this off the resources page 
of our website at holylanguage.com also. And uh, so Pekach. Um, primarily it has the sense of like opening or breaking through. He lists some different ways that this word is used in uh, Jewish literature, but the one I, one I want to specifically look at with you is when it comes to uh, opening, for instance, um, someone's ears. If someone was deaf and then they were, uh, they were healed and their, their, you know, their faculty of hearing was recovered, then we would say that they were pakacht. Um, similarly, the faculty of speech. If you were mute and you were unable to speak, then if your mouth was pakacht, opened, so to speak, then that word would have the sense, uh, you, we would say that you were pakacht. Um, you know, you, you, were, you were healed. And uh, let's look at the next page here. A little bit more here, it mentions... So let's, that's, let's just talk about that for a moment, all right? So in Hebrew, the word for preparing the bride, for helping her get ready for her wedding, is pekach, and it's also the Hebrew word to heal blind people, or deaf people, or mute people, to pekach, to open their eyes, to pekach, to open their ears, to pekach, to open their mouths. Can you see where I'm going with this? Can you see the correlation? Uh, you know, Yeshua, if you're a disciple of Yeshua of Nazareth, then you believe that he's the Mashiach. He's God's anointed king for the people of Israel. And uh, and you believe that, you know, he's he's the um, the groom, so to speak, the bridegroom. And, you know, to use that metaphor, and that, and that we are his, his, his bride, his kala. So think about that for a second. Messiah comes to his people, his bride, and what does he do? He heals them. He opens the he pekaks, he opens the eyes of the blind. He pekaks, he opens the ears of the deaf. He pekaks, he opens the mouths of the mute. Isn't that powerful? It's like he came to his bride, and this was one of the acts of kindness that he he showed her. And uh, you you it, it's it's very beautiful. You can see like he was wooing her. He was winning her heart um, by showing her um, by showing her that love. So that's very powerful in and of itself. Now let's look at some other senses that this word for preparing the bride can have. To cause to escape. That's very powerful also. Think about this. Yeshua didn't just come and bring healing to people's bodies and souls. He also came and he, um, he, he caused them to escape from, um, you know, from if they were troubled by evil spirits, if they had some kind of mental illness or disease, if they were demonically oppressed, what did he do? He set them free. He caused them to escape. So again, you know, when, you, when the Messiah came casting out demons, he was coming to his bride and he was preparing her for himself. He was helping her get ready, ready for the, uh, the marriage celebration. Let's continue on with this, looking at this verb here, pakach. It can also mean to guard um, now, I wanted to show you, uh, before we go any further, so th th this was like talking a little bit more about past history. You know, when the Mashiach came, how he healed people. And of course, that wasn't just something that ended when he went back up with the promise that he would come back down in the future. Um, this was a mission that he, um, just as he received it from his father, he, he transmitted it to his disciples. You know, so for instance, he said, as the father sent me, I'm also sending you. So just as Yeshua was a healer, we are also healers in his name. He is the healer through us to the world around us. And that's, you know, that's he was explicitly, he explicitly stated that. He's, you know, he said, heal people. He said, these are one of the signs um, that are going to accompany those who believe in me. They're going to lay their hands on sick people and heal them. So, you know, it, that's not just history past. That's also history uh, present. 
Yeshua continues to prepare his bride by healing us of our physical, you know, our physical problems and also our deeper soul problems. So, having said that, there is another element that is uh, that is both present and future when it comes to preparing the bride. Let me show you this passage here in Esword, um, the book of Revelation, chapter 19. Maybe your mind already went here uh, when we when we started talking about preparing the bride. Um, so, you know, in Revelation chapter 19, he says, Then I heard something um, like the voice of a great multitude and like the sound of many waters and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder. So this is some big, like this is some really loud stuff he's hearing. Saying, Hallelujah. It's a Hebrew word, by the way. Actually, it's two Hebrew words. For the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give the glory to him. Why? For the marriage of the Lamb has come. Get that, the marriage of the Lamb. That's the wedding supper, the wedding celebration. And his bride has what? She's made herself ready. So this verb that we're looking at in Hebrew, pakach, it's all about this. Reading on. It was given to her to clothe herself in fine linen, bright and clean. Take note of that phrase. Fine linen, bright and clean. For the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. That's like God's holy people, the Kiddushim. Then he said to me, Right, blessed are those who are invited to what? The marriage supper of the Lamb. And of course, like the Lamb, that's a reference to Yeshua. The Lamb is like a, it's a metaphor for him. Because he was like really humble and uh, quiet and some stuff that like a lamb is, you know. All right, so let's get back to uh, looking at like this, uh, this, this, this Hebrew word. All right, so having said that, pekach can have the sense of guarding or caring. So, you know, if we are Yeshua's disciples, his bride, to use that metaphor, and we're getting ready for like the coming of the Messiah, then how can we do that? We can do that by, by guarding ourselves. And it's a great question to ask ourselves on a regular basis. You know, am I keeping myself for the uh, for the coming of the King? Am I guarding myself for the return of the Mashiach? Um, you know, like, and that's very practical. That totally relates to what we do on a daily basis. That relates to where we let our minds go. It relates to you know who or what we give our attention to, our time to, you know who or what we spend our energy on. All of this is related to guarding ourselves as the bride awaiting the coming of the Messiah, the Mashiach. Okay, looking on a little further, check this out. It can have the sense of removing debris. So, you know, as uh, there, there, there's that point where, you know, you come to believe in Yeshua and uh, you start following him as a disciple and that's great. But then, you know, following him is a lifelong journey and it's definitely a process. And uh, along the way, we begin to realize that we have so much gunk and it is like encrudded so deeply within us. And as we follow Yeshua, you know, he talked about this process of like picking up our crosses, carrying them. Um, you know, there's like a part of us that has to die. Like the old us, the the yucky, ugly us. Thankfully, like it's not the bad part of us. It's not the good part of us. It's the bad part of us that, you know, is, is on its way out. The debris is being removed. And that definitely, you know what that reminds me of is like uh, emotional healing also. So, you know, for some of us, um, just in terms of how we grow up, our hearts got so crammed with garbage, just emotional baggage and debris. And it, it's almost like, um, it's almost like we were created to be these channels that life could flow through, that light could shine through, and that like healing could flow through and love. And, and joy and like good emotion and, and it's like these channels got just got like stopped up they just got plugged and uh, you know parting part of following Yeshua part of experiencing his salvation in our lives is seeing that debris removed 
so that once again we can live wholeheartedly we can love deeply so that we can so that those those emotions of you know joy for instance can just flow through us removing debris it's part of the bride getting ready for the return of the bridegroom to use that metaphor so that's very powerful um, you know we looked at this word here to guard here a couple of related words to awaken to become sober so no you know when you experience a spiritual awakening when you just like snap to attention and stuff gets crystal clear and you, you like you start to just wake up inside and become alive that's part of the bride getting ready uh, like this is something that I believe God's spirit is doing all around the world today he is preparing us for the re for the coming of the Mashiach because Yeshua deserves a fantastic bride like he deserves to have like the best community of disciples in the world like waiting for him when he comes back and so we're waking up to who he is we're waking up to the call we're waking up to reality, really, and becoming sober, you know, getting serious about God and our relationship with Him, getting serious about keeping His commandments, His mitzvot, because that is, that is the expression of our love for Him that He prescribed, that He requested. Um, and, and, you know, there's more. To make open-minded. <laughs> uh, what did Yeshua do at the end of the Gospel of Luke? It says, He opened their minds to understand the Scriptures. He was helping the, His bride understand Him and get ready um, for him, you know, to, to, to make bright. Remember we read in the book of Revelation, uh, it says it was given to the bride to clothe herself with what? With linen garments. It's like a, it's like a metaphor. It's a picture. Um, you know, like linen is white. Linen is bright. So again, you know, like becoming people who are shining with light, becoming people who are, who are bright um, in this world. And, uh, you know, similarly here we have Pekach as a noun, you know, brightness. Or prudence. I guess prudence would more tie into this theme of uh, of awakening, becoming sober, guarding ourselves, caring in that way for our relationship with uh, with Yeshua. So that's what I had to share with you. This is uh, this is the takeaway from the twenty sixth lesson in this Mishnah snapshots series. Um, can you see how studying the Hebrew language can help you to understand Yeshua better? how it can help you to understand the writings of his disciples better. For instance, in the Gospels or in the book of Revelation. Can you see how if you study Hebrew from a, uh, a spirit-inspired perspective, like it can light you up with love for God. It can renew your relationship with him. And, you know, it can help us get ready for the coming of the king. It's a big deal. Um, this was one takeaway from my lesson. My lesson was like an hour long. We covered a ton of things. I'm just going to give you a quick summary here because I want you to join us. I want you to come start start studying with us at holylanguage.com. I, I want you to experience like these lessons for yourself because it's going to bring your faith to life. It's going to help you to understand the New Testament so much better. It's going to bring you closer in your relationship to Yeshua. Uh, we talked about some words that are the same in Hebrew and English, like sandal. Uh, we talked about Jewish prayer shawls and how 2,000 years ago that was like a functional garment. Hebrew word is talit. Um, we had some, there were some really cute little instances in the Mishnah that reminded me of things today. Like kids, um, you know, a parent like um, bringing a grasshopper, a big grasshopper home for his, you know, his kid to play with. Or, um, you know, um, kids fighting over dessert and who gets the biggest portions. Um, the Hebrew word for midwife is really interesting. You'll have to watch the lesson if you want to get that. Um, we looked at some really old Jewish customs, um, like, you know, taking old scriptures and putting them in a geniza in a special storage uh, room instead of, you know, just throwing them in the garbage can or whatever. Um, there are a couple uh, couple customs that are mentioned in uh, the writings of Yeshua's disciples that are also mentioned in the Mishnah, like um, anointing wounds with oil and wine or uh, playing flutes 
um, you know, flute dirges at funerals. And there are a whole bunch of other things. I'm not going to get into it all here. But anyways, I hope that this takeaway was meaningful for you. Um, I hope, I, I pray for you that you are experiencing your own spiritual awakening, that you are asking the big questions, um, that you're seeking, um, because, you know, Yeshua said, ask, because those who ask, you know, it'll be given to them. Um, seek, because, you know, if you're, if you're seeking, you're going to find. So take great hope in that. Um, hopefully, you know, all of us, we're on our own spiritual journey. I think some of us fall asleep somewhere along the way, or maybe we get, we get discouraged or whatever. Just be encouraged in your spiritual journey. And uh, thanks for joining me in this takeaway. And uh, like I said already, come join us at holylanguage.com. Become a member of our community and uh, learn with us. I would love that. All right. Um, Can't wait to have you join me in our next lesson takeaway.